0: Got here just in the nick of time what does that make us big damn heroes sir ain't
1: we just what the hell are you doing i ain't
2: nowhere to board a train you damn stupid well
1: you might could have said nincompo
2: we ain't no nincompo here up The interesting thing about this particular property is that it was actually built around a time from in history,
1: which is um, <laughs> ah! oh <my> <laughs> ah! <laughs> um I, I believe the cone...
0: Hello and
2: welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I have just started, as of this moment, this particular moment now, I have just started watching The Harder They Fall, which is on Netflix, and it's an Idris Elba film.
0: Take it away, producer Dave. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Welcome to this week's show. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list to watch. So, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Uh, Finished watching uh, watching size. Manos, uh, Six Hands, the uh, Netflix film, uh, Netflix uh, animated series, anime series, uh, yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah, you, you, you're gonna, you're, you need to tell us about that because I'm now going to, I'm going to you, I'm going to Laura Sampson, I'm going to my progeny Jacob for recommendations on anime stuff that I need to watch because there's I used to watch a very long time ago, loads of the TV shows, I kind of stopped um, and then. Uh, one of the ones I, I remember watching that I wanted to go back and finish is uh, Attack on Titan I don't know if you, you can class that as anime right that, is, that falls under anime right I mean
0: I've not seen it so
2: I'll, I'll, I'll double check there are going to be a lot of a lot of people watching this and like this guy has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> a, and I'm like look okay I'm, I'm talking as an idiot as anybody who knows me knows that's my moniker I'm the idiot I'm usually the idiot on the writer's block I'm always the idiot talking movies on Shoot the Breeze, Um, but you know, I classify Attack on Titan as anime. Um, I want to go back because I didn't finish the second season. I want to go back and watch the second season. I hear there's a third season now, but I may be mistaken. So I want to go back and watch that. But I also want to hear you tell me about this uh, animation because you mentioned it the last time we spoke about anime and I want to hear more, I want to hear what you think about it and we can talk more about that as well. The um, Do they fall. I've started watching it. I'm, I was always gonna be in. I was always gonna be a fan. It's got Idris Elba in it. It's also got Jonathan Banks. I believe that's his name. Um, no, it's not Jonathan Banks. Um, oh, that's gonna uh, Jonathan Majors. Sorry, Jonathan Majors. He's um, he's he's the he was on Lovecraft Country. He's now in the Marvel universe as Kang, Kang the Conqueror. And you know, you've seen, if those of you who followed Loki, we've seen him at the end of Loki, the, the actor, the character at the end of the Loki series. Anyway, um, he's in it, Regina Hall, I'm not Regina King, I keep confusing names. Uh, Regina King, Zazie Beats, it's just Deroid Lindo. It's just got a whole bunch of, of, of great, um, underrated Black actors. And I say underrated, even though you see Idris Elba and you see Regina King, who just won an Oscar for um, uh, if Bill Street could talk and so on and so forth. And you know, they're they're great actors, solid performers. Lakeith Stanfield as well. It's like great performers in this movie. I saw the trailer a long time ago. It's a Western and I'm like, I wanna see this now, injected into my veins, Um, but then I had to wait. And I waited so long, I completely forgot the movie was coming out. And then I just flicked onto Netflix recently or this morning and I just saw it pop up in my queue and I'm like, oh, stop what you're doing. And I started watching it. But then I had to stop watching it after 10 minutes because I had to go back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go back and watch it. And by the time this episode airs on Resonance 104.4 FM, I've definitely have finished it. I will probably tweet to let everybody know what I think of it. Um, I'm just telling you now, I'm obviously biased and the choir. I am the altar boys, I am the congregation, I am the one who walks around and collects money uh, in the church of this movie. So it's more than likely, I'm gonna like it. It's more than likely, I'm gonna love it. But I'm just gonna say, I'll try and give it as an objective an opinion as possible. Uh, anyway, also on the show, we're gonna do a, a little throwback to an episode, uh, which was uh, an episode that we had with Alistair McKay, who was on, he's a director, who was on to talk about his film, the Anonymous, which at the time he was making it, it is now ready to watch. It is going to be uh, on, it's gonna be on this Friday uh, at a film festival in Brixton called uh, the London Rocks Film Festival. It's showing at the World Cinema in Brixton at 7.30 p.m. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna be able to make it, but producer Dave is going to be representing, he's gonna watch it, and then next week's episode, he's gonna come and tell us if he liked it, and he's gonna be completely objective Going to be completely honest whether or not anybody's listening he's going to be honest producer Dave can you tell us if you're going to be honest about the movie
0: well if you want me to be honest I will definitely be honest if I didn't like it I will say I didn't like it but I you know I'm, I'm going to find something about it that's going to be worthwhile so you know that's what usually absolutely.
2: Honest, anyway. absolutely you're going to come back and tell us about that so we're going to have that little extract in our film and tv news and then producer Dave is going to talk about the anime show that he's been watching. I'm going to talk about a TV show that I, I had heard a lot about in the past. I hadn't had the chance to watch it. And then this week, we binged watched the entire three seasons of it. Staff, Let's Flats. I'm going to talk about that later on. And then in our spotlight segments today, we're going to jump into, because we missed Halloween last week. So we're going to try and catch up a little bit with Halloween. We're going to jump onto ranker.com. And I'm going to reel off the top 13. I'll do the... the uh, you know, from 11 to 13, as honorable mentions, but then the, the top 13 funniest horror films ever made, as voted by ranker.com. We'll talk about that uh, later on in the segment. Uh, but for now, let us jump into film and TV news. <laughs> to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho.
0: I'm producer Dave.
2: And we're going to jump into uh, an interview a that we had with Alistair McKay talking about his film, The Anonymous. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho. And I'm producer Dave. And we're here with the director of the film, The Anonymous. He's come back onto the show. Uh The last time he was on the show, he was in production or pre-production or production. Uh, Now it is out there, it is almost ready for you to to view. Please tell us your name and tell us what your film is all about.
1: Hey, uh, my name is Alastair Mackay. I'm director of Anonymous, like you said, which is a a film that focuses on um, addiction, but it comes at it from a a, a different angle. So what we wanted to do was make a film which celebrated the people who are, are winning their battle with addiction, as heroes rather than demonizing the substance. So it's all done, it's finished, and its premiere is Saturday, November the 6th uh, at World Cinema in Brixton.
2: It seems like such a long time ago, since we had you, It's it had you on to talk about the show, uh, talk about the film. Uh, and it's, mm. it, it's. I rem- as soon as you messaged me, I was, I was like, I, re- I remember Alistair. Alistair. Why haven't I been bothering Alistair to come on the show? Uh, and I'm glad that you, you messaged me just to remind me that the film is ready. Uh, and it, I, I, I really want to see it because when we last spoke, uh, it, w- it was very interesting what the, when you, you spoke about the idea of, of, uh, of addiction and how basically you're exploring, as you've just said yourself, from a different perspective. Mm. Um, what drove you, for those who didn't get to listen to that show, what drove you to want to talk about this particular subject matter?
1: So um, uh, the, the impetus, by I, I, first of all, uh, I, I don't drink myself and I haven't for um, whatever October 2013 is. So what's that? Seven, eight years now. Um, so it's always been a subject matter that's, that's kind of been close to my heart. Um, but at the beginning of lockdown last year, so around sort of February, March time, when we were finally being told, right, you've got to stay in your houses and you can't go anywhere. Uh, my wife and I went to the corner shop We walked in just to get bread, milk, something, whatever it was, something like that. And there was a guy there literally loading up his basket with beer and spirits and wines, all this stuff in a basket. And he had this smile on his face like, this is fantastic. And you could just tell he was someone that would normally have to go into his office and then and then work from his office and was obviously therefore accountable to his boss, his colleagues, whoever else. But now he could work from home. He was obviously planning to just basically get drunk the whole time. And it just kind of really resonated with me with that moment and going that we as a society aren't thinking about that consequence of lockdown um, and it's dangerous. So I thought this is the time to do it. And of course, the other benefit to lockdown was the indie film industry shut down, which meant that um, uh, a lot of people I knew that maybe I couldn't have got for the kind of money I was trying to make this film previously, were available so I could I could do it on a much tighter budget. So I started writing the script and within about, I guess, maybe four weeks, and the table read I was ready to go and, and we moved into uh, the fundraising stage.
2: That's the salient point that you raise about the fact that, um, it, that when people consider the impact that COVID and lockdown has had on the general populace, addiction is not one that people tend to think of. You, I mean, mm-hmm. for the, the first and foremost, people are afraid about going out and and getting a disease that, you know, it's very difficult to quantify exactly how you'll be able to get it. That's the first thing that people tend to worry about. Next thing people worry about is sort of, you know, supplies running short. And then, so when you see people in supermarkets, they can toilet roll, antibacterial spray, and and whatnot, sanitize and stuff. But you're mm-hmm. missing those people who are walking by, as you just described, with a basket full of or trolley full of of booze, right? Uh, And it's not just alcohol, it's other type of anything else that you'd be addicted to because you're trapped in your house. uh, Mm -hmm. Again, if either by yourself or with other people, you have nobody to hold you accountable. You you gave a very good description about going to the office and having to, you know, it's that whole act of actually leaving the house is going to stop you from drinking. Whereas Mm -hmm. those of us who have to work from home, um, or who were basically forced to work from home. Essentially, you're in bed, you roll out of bed, you're at work. So literally anything goes, drinking, uh, drugs, etc., cetera, um, can be uh, problematic. Um, mm-hmm. In your research for this particular project in dis- diving into addiction, as somebody who said, as somebody who said, you say you haven't been drinking since about eight years, what was the one thing in particular that sort of surprised you about what you found about the whole element of addiction and how people deal with it? What was the one thing that surprised you?
1: Wow. Um, do you know what, well, that's a great question. I don't think I've even, I've been asked that one before. Um, there was so much that surprised me. I was quite surprised the the, the roots of, of um, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, and, and the, the, the AA is, is centered around something called the big book which is um, the, 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 sort of the, almost the how-to the guide, steps. like the 12 Steps and all that, exactly. And all of the other um, Narcotics Anonymous or Cocaine Anonymous or Gamblers Anonymous or whatever it happens to be, they all have some sort of variation of this original big book. Uh, and the big book was originally called, I might have the title slightly wrong, so apologies, um, but it's something like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, how um, a group of men turn to God to save themselves from alcoholism. And it was very much a Christian focus. So the, the first step is um, uh, admitting the presence of a higher power. And originally that was admitting the presence of God, basically. And of course, to incorporate, to make it more palatable, to make it more uh, universally accepted, they replaced the word God with the word higher power. And it became sort of uh, a more inclusive thing. Uh, and I sort of love that because it kind of, it's it's actually a very Christian thing to do is to say it's not about, it's not really about whether you believe in God. It's not just for us. It can help anybody. Uh, and I think that was the thing that sort of really made me go: This is a good organisation. And and um, the way that AA is is uh, portrayed uh, sometimes in the media, in films, in books, in TV shows, um, is it's portrayed as something that exists, but it's sort of. Push to one side, shove to one side of the subject matter. The focus is on the sexy scenes of somebody having an uh, ODing or or failing or falling off the wagon or because that's the stuff people want to see. They don't want to see success because it's not sexy. It's not it's not it doesn't make for good television. Um, and and I was very determined from a very early stage to sort of turn that around and, and um, focus on the positive.
2: You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acker.
0: And I'm producer Dave. And um, Alistair, I just wanted to ask, is the film focused on mainly people who um, abuse, well, drink? Or is it about all addictions?
1: Yeah, so um, because it's set at an AA meeting, it's focused on people who have an issue with alcohol. But uh, I worked really hard to make sure there were hints to other addictions um, within the sort of the circle, as it were. Uh, And uh, and when you see the film, you'll see, hopefully you'll see those different elements um, and that everybody in the circle has problems in their lives outside of their addiction to alcohol. Um, So there are other things in there. Some of them have come out possibly uh, are subtle. So you might not see them, but they're there. The one that I really, really wanted to get in more was was gambling addiction. Uh, and I had in the in one of the earlier drafts, I had this character that was that was kept trying to bet people, but it felt forced and it felt it felt sort of like I ham fisted it in, so I took it out and we lost it. And, and I sort of regret as a writer not working harder to try and find another way to put that in. Um, but yeah, so so the answer is, um, it does. It's quite subtle, but it does. It does focus on other elements of addiction.
2: And your film, uh, uh, Anonymous, is at the World Cinema uh, on mm-hmm. this Saturday, uh, the 6th of November, at the London Rocks Film Festival at yeah. Brixton. Did I, did I get that correct?
1: That's correct, yeah. It's, 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 it's London Rocks Film Festival at Brixton. If anyone's planning to come, they should go to Loughborough Junction. Because it's much closer to Loughborough Junction <laughs> uh, on the train, but um, yeah, officially and, it's, and Lough-
2: it's seven thirty, correct?
1: Seven thirty starts. The, the the screening starts at seven thirty. I mean, if you get there, aim for seven seven fifteen. Uh, it, it's it's we've sold a lot of tickets, so if people want to get tickets, get them get them fast. Um, and uh, yeah, but I'd I'd love to see everybody there. It would be amazing.
2: And if anyone wants to follow the film and follow your work. What kind of social media tags
1: can they jump onto? So for the film, it's at anonymous underscore the underscore film. Um, I think I am at the Alistair Mackay. Uh, you got to get my name spelt right. It's a weird one. It's it's Alistair, A-L-A-S-D-A-I-R. Blame my my mum for that one. Um and uh
2: I, w- I wanted to, I've been wanting to talk to you about that because it always throws me whenever I need to spell it. I'm like, I type it out, I'm like, no, 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 this is a different type of spelling. And I have to go to your Instagram account, look at it, and it's like, ah, there, there it is. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I was told it was Scottish because my mum was Scottish. Um, but I've been to Scotland, I've even lived in Scotland and I've met more people who spell it with an I and a T than than my way. So I think it's just the way that they chose to, to go for, so. Good on your
0: mama, as far as I'm concerned, it makes you um, original. It makes yeah, you that's, that's, that's it. A I, I
2: agree. Alistair, thank you very much for joining us on Shoot the Breeze and we wish you all the best with Anonymous uh, wh- and we will get you back on the show to tell us, um, mm. you know, to give us your, so your, your feedback on what, you know, how you experienced the film at the film festival and what's gonna happen uh, following the film festival uh, so we can get to watch it.
1: Amazing, nice nice to talk to you guys.
2: And that was Alistair McKay talking to us about The Anonymous. Uh, now it's out, or I say it's out, it's in a film festival, it's in the London Rocks Film Festival, which is at the World, World Cinema, World, W-H-I-R-L-E-D, World Cinema in Brixton at 9.30, not 9.30, sorry, 7.30 p.m. this Saturday, Uh, You can check the website for the London Rocks Film Festival to find out more about the screenings and how to get access to watch that film as well as other films that are at that cinema. And the producer Dave is gonna go see it this Saturday and he's gonna come back and tell us next week what he thought about the movie. Now, producer Dave, you had an anime show that you talked about the last time we spoke and you just finished it. Take the mic, tell us about this show well seis
0: manos uh, or six hands in english is an adult anime series which is on on netflix it's set in a fictional town in uh, mexico 1970s mexico uh, called san simon and basically the three protagonists are three orphans who are trained in uh, chinese martial arts by an old chinese man now it sets it up for two different storylines that run through. The first The first episode uh, tells you how they all came to be in there, particularly one character called, who's called Silencio. He doesn't speak, but you find out very early on the reason why he doesn't speak. And it's a very brutal reason. For, and he carries a lot, around a lot of anger and he's been trained to channel that anger and be the gentle rain as opposed to the angry storm. To tell you much more about what goes on, we'll spoil it rottenly, but you've got the three orphans, their mentor who um, is dispatched in the first episode, so I'm not spoiling too much there. You have a black American officer from the DEA in America, Come down to the town to try and help them. Let's put it that way, with their drug problem, which the he, the townsfolk didn't know about. And a policewoman who is who says uh, quite literally, "I wish something would interesting would happen in this town because nothing happens." And then by the end of that particular episode, she's wishing to God she'd never spoke. As as well as the martial arts, there is um, kind of a voodoo but not voodoo it's it's a a magical black magic thing which you'll see and there's a surprising twist there which i'm not going to try i try not to spoil now there are points in that when which made me laugh i mean the, the chinese in in mexico that was one thing that kind of let made me smile then the fact that its original language is in english with the few phrases of spanish thrown in and then well, the character, the Black American, he's got a nice little backstory, which is quite amusing. But he displays the typical American arrogance towards Mexicans. And it is just lovely to see him taken down a peg, but also for him to realize that what he's dishing out is what, he, what was being dished out to him back in the States. So that's one of the, um, the things that came out of it. I enjoyed the show. I, I really did enjoy the show. There's eight episodes. They're around about half an hour each. Very easy to digest, but you do have to pay attention as well. Um, so remind us what's the name of the show again? Sais Manos, which is spelled S E I S M A N O S. And that's in Spanish. The, the translation is six hands. And that's the six hands
2: of the three orphans. But it's. <clears throat> sais Manos. So, yeah, sais Manos. So it so it is it's it's definitely something I'm now gonna add to my uh to my anime list um do are there any famous voices uh, if, uh, voice actors in it or is it essentially one of those things where you're not really listening to it for the voice actors of the characters it is more for the characters in the story as opposed to the voices
0: yeah it's more for the uh, characters in the stories than the the, the the um the actors because um none of the actors are uh, well known yeah, none of the actors are well known there is a tragic end to the first episode but it is it is a uh, very well done i thought at the beginning that the animation was a bit suspect and that's at, right at the very beginning but like 5 minutes in then the animation becomes a lot
2: better actually okay so i I've, I've just i've gone into to netflix i've started putting it on my on my queue just to queue it up to make sure I watch it and make sure it's there. And I've just had a quick scan at some of the uh, at the voice actors. And you're right, it is while they're they're not famous people, uh, but the names I su- because I because I'm me, right? I am me. I see the names and I recognize some of the names on there. Um Mike Coulter. Um Mike is Luke Cage, right? So from Netflix, Luke Cage.
0: <laughs> so that- That'll explain. That'll explain the Amer- the black American. <laughs> I'm, ex-
2: I'm, I'm, I'm expecting he's going to be the DEA agent, and then there's Danny Trejo. Everybody who's watched anything to do with hey, Danny Trejo, Desperado, Machete, Machete kills, uh, Spy Kids, and that's just his Robert Rodriguez phase, right? Uh, Danny Trejo, you recognize him if you if if you if you if you want to watch anything that if you, if you think Mexican actors. And you you don't immediately think of Danny Trejo. I don't know what you're thinking of. I mean, you probably think of other people, but Danny Trejo is classic Mexican actor. And so those are the two names that I recognize on there. There are a few others that I think I recognize, but I want to I don't want to just jump at it. But that now immediately with those two names alone, Mike Coulter, Luke Cage. He's also from the good the good the good wife. And uh, he's not in the good fight. He's in the good wife. And he's also on a new show on Alibi called Evil. Love that show. I'm still addicted to it. Um, Yeah, so because of him and because of, not just because of him, but second reason. First reason is because you you recommended it. Second reason is because Mike Coulter and Danny Trejo are in it. I'm definitely going to go and check it out. It's on my list. It's Seismanos, S-E-I-S-M-A-N-O-S. Seismanos, go on to Netflix. It's a 15 rated TV show. So obviously... If you don't want some your youngins watching it, then be careful. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm producer Dave. And I watched something recently, which is, is a shock for me because of a whole bunch of other stuff that has been happening. And I've been a little bit running around getting things ready. Projects which we will be announcing from the rooftops the moment we get the chance to do so. Uh, but I took some time to actually watch something new, or relatively new to me. But it's a TV show that's been out for six, uh, for three seasons at the moment. Uh, it's a comedy. It's on Channel Four. It's called Staff Let's Flats. So uh, Staff Let's Flats is uh, is a comedy created, written, uh, created, and starring Jamie Dimitrio. And it's a comedy following uh, the incompetent Greek Cypriot lettings agent Staff who works for the family business, Michael O'Neagle. Michael O'Neagle is the name of the lettings agency that he works for. It's run by his dad. Um, his sister, played by his actual sister, Natasia Dimitrio, um, is, is in, in the show as well. Uh, she she doesn't, she's not really, it's a family business. So she's there, even though she's not really working there but she's there. Um, and it, it's also starring um, Al Roberts, uh, starring uh, K- uh, Katie Wicks. If you watch a lot of British comedy, you'll see a lot of famous. Well, you see a lot of people that just pop up in Ghosts. Uh, there's a TV show, on BBC, called Ghosts, uh, where majority of the cast that show was created by the people who created uh, Horrible Histories. So you see a lot of them in there. But then some of the other actors who are not really part of the Horrible Histories group, because uh, the horrible, horrible Histories group they tend to work together on a lot of their own projects. But then you have other characters, other actors who pop in who join that particular, in that particular show. You see a lot of them pop up in Staff Let's Flats as well as some other, you know, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but yeah, you know, you recognize their face if you see a lot of, if you watch a lot of British comedies. Um, But Staff Let's Flats is, it's fantastic. We binge watched the entire three seasons. There's like eight episodes per season. Um, we binge watched them in one week, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes an episode. It's very, very good. Um, the, the writing is, it's quirky. That's one thing i definitely, i definitely described as being, if you like quirky comedy, you will love this. Um, it has a lot of, it pays a lot of homage to a certain style of fil- it's filmmaking. There's certain, there's certain, there's, it's, it kind of feels like a mockumentary, if you will, but then there are certain elements that are completely, uh, the, the filmic you know uh, more cinematic in quality uh, when i say cinematic i'm kind of using that ironically but it's more it, it, there is something there is a style that they're trying to uh parody in certain scenes which i'm going to investigate to find out what style that is but you can tell obviously it's a certain style they're parodying. When they parody when they need to display certain scenes or they try to have certain interactions between certain characters and the way the camera moves in certain stages is just really very well done. Quirky, absolutely. Um, you can tell that there's a lot of improv that is probably sewn into it as well, because some of the characters are very good at what they do, um, especially Jamie uh, Dimitri. He, he's, he, he's, 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 he reminded me so much of um, Borat, uh, not even allergy, but more Borat, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen's character, Borat. It reminded me a lot of Borat. Um, but the thing about Jamie, the difference between Jamie and, and uh, Borat's character, uh, one of the, the, some of the funniest moments weren't even when he was talking, it was more the look or reaction that he would give. So he would literally, if you saw any scenes where he was quiet throughout the scene, but you watched him react, he just, he, he is built for physical comedy. He did very, very well. It's the show racked up a number of BAFTAs um, in its maybe second season, I think. It's now got its third season out. You can check it on all four. You can watch all of the episodes. I think season three is currently showing in Channel Four at the moment. Um, but really, really love the show, Staff Let's Flats. Uh, it's, it's a hidden gem that I would definitely promote as much as I can. I do hope there's a season. Uh, the, the way they wrap up season three, actually, I don't. Here, here's the thing I don't want to say I hope there's a season four because I thought it was funny. However, if they were to end it at season three, the way they ended it is perfect. It's a perfect way to end the show. If they go on to do season four, sure, okay, that's great. I hope they bring the funny. If they don't, I am mad because they brought it to a point and there was a natural climax. If they just end it there, it'll be one of those shows where nobody will complain that it went too soon. They will say it did what it needed to do. It came. It was. It, I'll give you another example. I keep giving examples when I'm talking about the one show I'm supposed to be talking about. Fleabag, for example. Fleabag had two seasons. I wish there was a third season, right? Um, because Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she was phenomenal in that show. She. It, it was very witty. It was excellent, loads of despicable characters in the show, um, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I wish there was a season three and then they wrapped it off there. That kind of stopped as if it, it kind of ended like a relationship that was going very well, didn't reach its national, natural conclusion and she she or he just picked up and left. And it's like, okay, I need closure. I didn't get closure with Fleabag, with staff, I got closure with staff if it finishes there perfect if they go and do one more season i hope they do it well i wouldn't i'm not not going to be mad if they bring it back i just hope they do it well um but that's my take on staff let's flat it's Who funny you, said,
0: you say it's funny, it's funny you say about um what's he called fleabag because he was actually in season one wasn't he he Jay-
2: was Jimmy, uh, jamie dimitri was in season one yeah yes absolutely yes um it's it, it, funny you even mentioned that because um, it's it, You could see, if you watched him in Fleabag and you watched him in Staffless Flat, you see it, the range that he has. He ha, he's, he's, a, he's a great comedic actor. He's a great comedic actor, both physical comedy as well as, as, as um, the way he delivers his lines, it's fantastic. The way he creates a character, a comedic character, it's great. In those two shows that I've seen, I, I can't remember if I've seen him in anything else, but those two alone, I thought he was fantastic, and I'd highly recommend the show. I produced it. Have you seen Staff Let's Flats? I've seen some
0: episodes. Uh, it is funny. I haven't seen all of them. About you, it is very very funny, though.
2: Okay. I, I, yeah, I definitely say um, I'm happy. I watched it. If it doesn't come back again, that's not a problem. Go and watch the uh, the what? Uh, how many, three times <coughs> three times eight makes what? Three seasons of eight episodes each. Go and check them out. And give give Staff Let's Flats a a lot of love. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako.
0: I'm producer Dave.
2: And this is Spotlight. So since we missed Halloween last week, um, we figured we'd do a little bit of uh, Halloween news, not news per se, but Halloween talk, right? So jumping onto ranker.com, we went and found the list on ranker.com. If you don't know what ranker.com is, it's basically a website where people go and vote for various topics uh, to do on, votes on topics set up about entertainment, music, Nerdy subjects, sports, lifestyle, etc. I love to go and look at their film and TV um, uh, ratings or rankings. And this ranking that we're looking at in honor of Halloween is the funniest horror movies ever made. So it, this particular list uh, was updated May 7th, 2021. Yeah, 2021. Uh, there were 50,000 votes. 50,000 votes. Sorry, I just my brain just schismed at that point. Uh, There were 50,000 votes cast in this particular uh, list, the funniest horror movies of all time. So we're going to start with the honorable mentions, 13 down to 11, and then we'll go with top 10. So I'll talk about those ones. And then uh, producer Dave, every time I give a quick description about each movie, I'll throw to you for you to tell us whether you've seen this movie or not, so we start with number thirteen. Number thirteen is an American werewolf in London, and essentially is, uh, is directed by John Landis, uh, and it is about an American, uh, two American backpackers who come to London, and one gets eaten by a, a werewolf. I think one gets eaten by a werewolf or killed by a werewolf, and the other gets scratched, and he and slowly turns into a werewolf. Producer Dave, have you seen an American werewolf in London?
0: Oh yeah, that's a classic. That is that is classic, classic, classic. In actual fact, that was uh, I think one of the inspirations behind Michael Jackson's Thriller. He wanted to change the way that um well, kind of similarly the, to the way that the the wolf changes in American Werewolf in London, which is kind of gross when you first see it. Yeah. So I agree.
2: And um, he got John Landis to direct uh, the Thriller. Uh, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I I love American Werewolf in London. Even though it actually it, it's it has it has an imprint on my brain. Every time I'm on a train and we and the train goes through like wooded area, especially around the uh, sort of like the Bracknell uh, Virginia Water area, and we when we go past the woods, I always my mind always flashes back to one of the dream sequences that the main character has where. Uh, he's in the woods. It's daylight. He's in the woods, and uh, I'm completely run it
0: through. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. And, and, and yeah, I, I always flash back to that scene because of that. Anyway, that was number thirteen. Um, number twelve, Scream. Wes Craven is a, is a satire on horror films and the, you know, all the horror films. There's, there's, I think, there's Scream Five that's now coming out, but this is the original Scream, starring Nev Campbell, Drew Barrymore, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy uh, Courtney Cox and, uh, David Arquette. Uh, again, it's a a satire of horror films where a a serial killer dressed in a scream mask with a mask with a a black hood, he goes around stabbing victims, teenagers in the school. Um, producer Dave, have you seen Scream?
0: No, I haven't seen Scream. Um, uh, all this time, I still haven't seen, there've been so many clips on TV. There was a comedy. Oh gosh. What was the name of that comedy that came out? Gary movie scary movie that borrowed yes. from it so much and it's i remember it being in my head to watch because it's the only thing courtney cox that has been in apart from friends that that i remembered her name from if you see what i mean yeah so friends and scream are the two things that i remember her from anything else that's the only reason why i'd watch it but i've seen yeah
2: so just, many... just as a side note Courtney Cox had another hit TV show called Cougar Town, which I really, really loved, um, and it got cancelled after like three or four episodes, or four seasons. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So you haven't seen Scream? I would highly recommend Scream. Um, I've seen Scream one, two, and three. I haven't seen any more than that because <laughs> it was law of diminishing returns, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want to check that out. So it's all good. Anyway, so Scream has been voted number twelve. Number eleven. Is Tremors by uh, uh, directed by Ron Underwood stars Kevin Bacon, Reba McIntyre, and Fred Ward. Uh, Tremors is set in I, I, it's uh, one of those like dry, dusty American like towns, New Mexico or Arizona, or whatever. Arizona, exactly, and it's plagued by giant uh, giant sandworms that pretty much that's uh, you know they they sense vibration on the ground. And they pretty much terrorizing the town. And these two janitors or two handymen, um, played by Kevin Bacon and um, Fred Ward, are basically the ones that pull together to try and get rid of uh, the sandworms. I haven't seen this movie. Producer
0: Dave, have you seen Tremors? My God, I'm surprised that you haven't seen it because it's been on TV so many times. It has been, It's it's gone from BBC One now
2: being shown on the Horror Channel. That's where I do want to see it. Uh, it's, I do want to see it. It's yeah. It's just because everyone, everybody that I, everybody that I know, well not everybody I know. Um, I've I've heard a lot of people rave about this particular movie. I've seen clips of it, but I just never have seen it. And I, I I'm gonna see it. I will do my best to try and see it before the end the end of the year. Um, uh, just so I can get that cross that off my list and say Tremors is the one movie everybody's raved about, including producer Dave. So I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, anyway, to you're,
0: gonna, you're gonna see a, a nice, you're gonna see a, a young-faced uh, Kevin Bacon in that film as well, um, compared yeah. to what you see
2: on the TV now. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. E-E adverts, right? Yeah. You're listening to Shoot Grace on Resonance 4.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. and I'm producer Dave. And we are on Ranker.com, and we're talking about the top ten. We're now getting into the top ten funniest horror movies ever made as voted by the people who vote on rank.com. So don't hate us for, we you know, if your favorite movie doesn't appear in this top 10 list. And number 10, Young Frankenstein, directed by Mel Brooks, starring Gene Hackman, Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks. Uh, it is the story, it is it is uh, the continuation of Victor Frankenstein, or v- Frankenstein. I believe it's his son, actually. It's the, the son of the of Doctor, the infamous, doctor who resurrected um uh, or brought together uh, put stitched pieces of dead uh, frankenstein the frankenstein you know frankenstein's monster um and is following his son who's trying to sort of escape the uh, the infamy that has befallen his family name but then he ends up bringing his own his own monster to life uh and it's it's just it's one of in my opinion one of mel brooks funniest comedies uh, It just it doesn't age you know, it it, it 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 it's okay. I'd say it doesn't age badly. There are a lot of people who disagree with me on that, but I every time I watch it, when the when the scene put it on the Ritz comes on, I I whatever I'm doing, I have to stop and I have to watch that scene because it is just pure comedy gold. Producer Dave, have you seen Young Frankenstein?
0: I haven't seen it for a long time, but yeah, it's a really funny film. I haven't seen it for a long, long time.
2: In fact, it makes me want to go watch it now. (laughs) Anyway, that's number 10. Number nine is Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante, starring, it says it's starring Steven Spielberg, but I don't think it's starring Steven Spielberg. I know he produced it. Uh, Corey Feldman, Phoebe Cates. Uh, It is about, uh, uh, okay. I, I don't believe I've actually seen Gremlins. I've seen a lot of clips of it, in various TV shows and on various lists, but just like Tremors, it's one of those ones where a lot of people have raved about it. And when they talk about it, I go quiet because I'll be honest: I have not seen *Gremlins*. I know what it's—I I, kind of know what it's about. It's about—if—if if I know—if I remember correctly, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's about um, a, a, a group of—it's like this: the main character is given some furry creatures. And not know, no, just one. one, just one. one. He's, he's only given That's one, it. and he's given, he's given he's instructions. Rules. Yeah, he's, yeah, instructions. he's given instructions not to feed them after midnight and not to get them wet. And that happens, does it?
0: He, he feeds it after midnight, and uh, it gets wet. So he yeah. spawns loads of other little gremlins who go and go on a rampage.
2: I see. So it's the ones that the the main one spawns that are the evil gremlins, but then the main one is fine. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. Yeah, you need a lot to people...
0: watch it because I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying not to spoil not it for to, you yeah. because I think you and the kids will love it. It is hilarious. It really is. But there are some there are some grisly moments in it. Yeah.
2: Sure. i right. I'll 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 try and get it watched. Deagle,
0: that, anyway, deagle, 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 Deagle. Yep. I don't is know that. Reference. Yeah, <laughs> <I> no, <know, laughs> but when, when, you, when you see what happens, then you'll understand.
2: <laughs> All right, fair enough. Number eight is Evil Dead Part Two. This is directed by Sam Ramy, starring Bruce Campbell uh, and Ted Remy. It is about a group of friends. No, actually, that Part One is about a group of friends who go and spend a night in a cabin, and they get they read out of the book called Necronomicon, which is the Book of the Dead, and they get possessed. That's Part One. Um, but Part Two is kind of a rehash. Not a rehash per se, but kind of like Desperado, where they just take the same story and just re- rejig it a bit. And it's about a couple uh, that go to this cabin in the woods. And again, the book of Necronomicon is read from unleashing zombies and evil creatures. And it, there is a lot of blood guts and, and uh, body limbs being ripped apart. And it is really, really funny, really, really scary. Uh, and it just basically solidified Bruce Campbell's career as being just that wacky goofball character that he just plays so well. Um, Producer Dave, have you seen Evil Dead Part Two? Not Part Two. I've seen Part One. Okay, I've seen I've seen Part One, Two, and Three, uh, and I've seen the TV series Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, I really, I highly recommend it. I recommend that you go and see it. Um, in fact. It, it, I'd say watch all three in a row, but by the time you get to the end of part two, if your mind is not mush, uh, then we just know that part three, Army of Darkness is completely, it's a completely different vein from one and two. So um, check it out if you want to. I loved all three. I think it's great. Uh, Ranker has rated it, or the voters on ranker.com have rated it as the eighth funniest horror film of all time. Number seven, they've put Ghostbusters. Now, Ghostbusters is, is uh, directed by Ed Reitman, stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, it, it is about a, uh, about four um, down on a lock, some are scientists and one is not a scientist, I can't remember what he does. Uh, they come together in order to, to fight and bust ghosts. If you don't know Ghostbusters, if you don't know the, the, uh, the storyline for Ghostbusters right now, which rock have you been living under? Because um, it is one of the most popular films in, in history, producer um, Dave, have you seen Ghostbusters? Well, I'm glad you
0: clarified which one because uh, I've seen the first one.
2: Yes, it is the first one. It is the first one.
0: It is I, not. I, I saw the first. Not the reboot. You, not uh, the reboot. I mean, I'm the first. Well, the first couple, um, and not the reboot. I, I haven't seen the reboot, and I, I think they're rebooting it yet again. I think, to be quite yeah. honest, um,
2: they're not rebooting. They're not rebooting it. It is a spiritual sequel. To the uh, to the second one because they do reference the characters because um, the, the 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 new one is coming out is directed by um, I think directed by Reitman's son and it has it has Paul Rudd in it and he has one of the kids from Stranger Things in it and they do reference I think Egon Spangler if I'm not mistaken it is his grandson that is essentially the lead in the role. So it is is a continuation from part two. Um, Whereas the Melissa McCarthy reboot just completely ignored the first two movies and started off completely from scratch. But that did not do well in the box office. And as such, they scrapped the idea of going with the female Ghostbusters and they've just gone back to what the original was. Um, Ghostbusters lands in number seven on the ranker.com list. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we are going down the ranker.com list of funniest films, funniest horror films in history. And we are currently at number six, which is Cabin in the Woods. Directed by Drew Goddard, stars Chris Hemsworth, pre Thor, pre-Thor. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> um, Pre Thor, <laughs> pre Thor as Thor, uh, yeah. Uh, pre Thor uh, appearance, Sigourney Weaver appears in it again. Oh, that's kind of a spoiler. I shouldn't really mention the name, but it is there. Anyway, Amy, Amy Acker is in it as well, and a number of other people. Um, it is basically a satire. Hold on, uh, I, I, it's a satire on all horror films that you see. The cliche of horror films that you see, the cabin in the woods type horror film the zombie family type horror film the um the the the, the merman mer sharks and the ghost and and all and all of that it's it, it's a brilliant horror satire um which is very scary itself um you check it out don't want to say anything else about it because pretty much it's spoiler it, it's so spoilerific that if you get what the gag is um i, I mean you you'll still enjoy the movie because I've watched it numerous times after knowing the gag, and I still enjoyed it. But if you go into it clean, it is just a delight to watch. Cabin in the Woods, check it out when you can. No, number five, I've already mentioned it in passing. <coughs> it's, I mentioned in passing because we talked about number two, which was Evil Dead, number, in, in number five in the list is Army of Darkness, which is the third one in the Evil Dead trilogy. Um, Again, directed by Sam Ramey, starring Bruce Campbell. I've already kind of hinted a little bit about it. I won't talk much about it. Go and check that out if you're interested in watching it. Producer Dave, have you seen... You haven't seen Army of Darkness, have you? No, I haven't, no. You've only seen the first one, you said. Yep. Okay, number four is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, This is directed by Eli Craig, starring Alan Tudyk um, and Katrina Bowden. It is an amazing movie. Again, it's another satire on horror films. Essentially, think about your um, your group of teenagers go to a cabin in the woods and in the you know in, in, in redneck in redneck America, right? And a killer goes on the loose and starts killing beautiful teenagers by the lake, right? You've you've heard that storyline completely, right? Yep, you've heard that storyline. Okay yep. now. Imagine the stories actually being told from the perspective of the rednecks, right? Not serial killers, but just your average, Joe, lovable rednecks, right? Just, they happen to be rednecks. They happen to live in the the country. They just want to live their life as normal. And just a whole series of coincidences basically cause for them to appear to these judgmental teenagers as inbred hicks they want to try and kill them. And it's just, it's such an amazingly funny film. You get to see all the coincidences that occur and you get to see it's like, and it's literally before each person gets killed, you can see the moment of realization that pops up in their their face where it's like, oh, I got this and then they get killed. (laughs) it's It's really great. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think it's on Netflix. Check it out. Really, really funny. Um, Number three, Beetlejuice. Tim Burton uh, directs Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder, Gina Davis, uh, Michael Keaton. It is uh, about a couple played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis who have just bought a house. They've just decorated or built a house. They've decorated it and they die in a car crash and they're trapped in the house. As ghosts, they're trapped in the house and A new family moves in and they're trying to scare the family out and they they fail at scaring the family out. And so they go for the last resort, which is conjuring up a a sprite or a, a very mischievous ghost called Beetlejuice to help them do the scares. It is wacky. It is Tim Burton at his creative, imaginative state way before the... Um, Alice in Wonderland and the, you know, all that, the the reboots, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chocolate Factory reboots and so on. It's him just being really imaginative. Check it out. It's great. You see Michael Keaton doing hilarious. He's only been there for like 15 minutes, but he's fantastic. He steals the entire film, but you check it out. It's really, really good. Number two, Zombieland, uh, directed by Ruben Fleischer, uh, stars Emma Stone, um, uh, Bill Murray, uh, Oh, I keep forgetting the guy's name. He's from Social Network, and he's Luther in um, in this the news. The Zack Snyder uh, movies. I, him, it, you you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's set in a world. It's set in the zombie apocalypse, and essentially, it is. It, you, you've, Zombieland is following the main characters' rules on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. It's really good, very imaginative the way it's done um woody harrison plays he he plays a a a shotgun toting um redneck uh, redneck (laughs) (laughs) and and it's just it's amazing there's a there's a cameo in it i'm not gonna mention who the cameo is even though every review has spoiled who the cameo is one of the best cameos in horror films
0: yeah and you mentioned his name as well (laughs) Um, i didn't mention it in
2: this room did i yes i did mention it (laughs) (laughs) You, you don't know what i on. talking yeah, I do know what
0: you're talking about because I've seen the film I actually saw uh, I, I've seen I, I saw that one I saw uh, Zombieland 2 and uh, no that was, a, that was a mistake I should have just left uh, it uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I agree with you 100% on Zombieland 2 Zombieland 2 I, I watched it in the cinema and it, it's it started and I was like eh, I, I chuckled a couple of times um, it was literally about 20 no 15 minutes into the movie, I had my first real proper laugh. And you can't have a comedy go 15 to 20 minutes without properly laughing, right? It just doesn't work. Mm. Um, but, hey, it, it was all right. It's, uh, it did its thing. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, that was number two. You listen to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Acho, And I'm producer Dave. And we are talking at Ranker.com's funniest horror movies ever made list. Producer Dave, if you were to take a guess, what do you think number one would be? Voted by fans of rank.com. What do you think they voted number one funniest horror film of all time? Edward Scissorhands?
0: Is that a horror film? <laughs> no, you just said guess, so I guessed. <laughs>
2: I'll give you a hint. It's British. Oh, Dog Soldiers. Oh, that's a good call. It's not <clears throat> It is with, with 1,614 votes, as in upvotes, Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead, starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Martin Freeman, Bill Nye. It is, it's again, it's a zombie uh, apocalypse movie set in the UK. And it's about this hapless character played by Simon Pegg, whose girlfriend breaks up with him. And the zombie apocalypse happens, and all his he wants to do is Go is is take his best friend, played by Nick Frost, go over to his girlfriend's house, go over to his mom's house, rescue them, uh, leave the stepdad uh, to be eaten by zombies, and get to the pub, lock themselves in, and ride out the rest of the zombie apocalypse. That is short of the dead. That's summarizing short of the dead. It is a beautiful movie. It is very... There is... I, I can't think of a single flaw in that movie i honestly i'm sure anybody else watches it would probably say oh that didn't work that didn't work that didn't work whatever i can't i can't find it It
0: i would i would would defy anyone who can turn around and say to me the queen scene you know that that i I mean that was just oh you know that was just comedy gold that was
2: Uh, fantastic You, you talk about this the the queen scene what about the mirror image scene of, of him just walking to the shops, getting milk or whatever, and then walking back home? They do that scene twice. You see it once before the zombie apocalypse and once in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. And it is just, it is just beautifully, it is genius, the way it's structured. All in one take, each, each scene, all in one take, fantastic. Oh, Edgar Wright is he's, he's amazing. He's a fantastic, he's, he, I wouldn't say he's underrated because a lot of people rate um Edgar Wright for the work that he's done. I can't wait to see the latest film he's just done called uh, Last Night in Soho, I believe is what it is. I want to check it out. It, it seems, it's mysterious, but it seems good. I want to check it out. Um, I'm,
0: I'm surprised, like you, because um, Dog Soldiers, I would have thought should have been in there.
2: I'm, tr- I'm going to do a quick search to find out where Dog Soldiers landed. Um, so far, it's not landing in the top 20. It's not landing in the top 25. No, it didn't get in the top 25 on there. I guess because it's, it's, it's British, it's low budget, um, and it just, but Dog, Dog Soldiers, I really love Dog Soldiers. It, mm-hmm. is, it was a fantastic movie. Um, but yeah, it needs to get its love you listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen to myself, to listen to me ramble incoherently at times about various movies that I like, various TV shows that I like. um And I, 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 I'm happy that Resonance FM, <laughs> I've probably not listened to our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's just a the that we're putting out on the air. I'm glad they don't listen to the show. No, they, they listen
0: trust me they listen, listen.
2: <laughs> you get the notes you get the producer notes it's like yeah could you tell him to stop just get to the point uh, yeah but i like to thank them anyway for all, for all they've been doing uh, i have been marcus Eako. i'm still producer dave saying so thank you all very
0: much for listening speak to you all next time
2: goodbye
0: <laughs> that's my Halloween. <Italian. laughs> bye